Good morning, and welcome to the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. It is February 26th, 2024, and this would be episode 89. 89 episodes in a row. This podcast, which is a podcast for dreamers by a dreamer, Paul Green Comedy here, stand-up comedian, actor, improviser, and uh, just sharing my journey as somebody who has a pretty audacious dream that I am going for in life and just sharing the the day by day. I'm doing exactly what everybody says not to do. Everybody says, don't let people know what you're up to. Just uh, keep your head down, work hard. And then once you've accomplished your big goal and your big dream, then everybody would go like, wow, I didn't even know how they did that. And I'm doing the opposite because this is what I feel like doing. So if it's the wrong thing to do, then so be it. But it's what I want to do. And, you know, more and more, that is something that I have been challenging myself to step into, which is just really following my own intuition and my own heart and more and more having to cut out the noise and the advice because it just seems that everybody has advice to give and it's pretty surprising how people who have never even come close to accomplishing what I'm going for or anything in their life also feel that they know what I need to be doing It's kind of uh, which is kind of an interesting. It's a kind of an interesting um, phenomenon that I am experiencing more and more. And and I remember just how susceptible I was to everyone else's advice. It's like everybody else somehow not only has their life figured out, but has my life figured out. And all I need to do is just do what everyone else tells me to do. I mean, I I even remember when I first started doing stand-up comedy, I would start working on some jokes. And I remember, like, telling jokes to, like, people at work. And then they would be like, well, you know, I think that you should do this. And it's like, you've never written a joke in your life. Now, obviously, for whatever reason, they didn't think what I was saying was funny and fair enough. But, you know, I mean, people know what they find funny and what they what they will or will not laugh at, but that doesn't mean that they have any idea actually how to make me funny. That is a that is a very challenging ordeal. And I know how challenging it is because I have been trying to make myself funny my entire life. I actually had that 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 realization that I have spent almost my entire life. I I seem to remember it. It started happening in the fourth grade. That fourth grade might have been puberty, maybe. Yeah, that might be a little prepubescent, but um, I I remember the fourth grade is is for whatever reason is when I started entertaining my class. I became the class clown. Started trying to make my class laugh, make my teacher laugh, doing skits. You know, like organizing little skits with my friends out at recess and then doing those skits for the teacher as, as we would come in. Um, I'm 
reenacting SNL skits, characters, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Making little, mo- like making movies with my friend. I remember in sixth grade, um, we had a some sort of vocabulary assignment. I think that we had to write maybe a story or write something and then use like this list of vocabulary words that uh, we had been learning in class that year. And me and my buddy Scott Walrath were like, oh, it'd be a lot more fun if we wrote a movie and used these vocabulary words. <laughs> or was that the movie or was that the sketch? I don't remember. I think that was the sketch. Yeah. So, <laughs> so my teacher said, yeah, uh, you can write a sketch, but you have to use each vocabulary word twice. <laughs> and so what we did was um, we just totally plagiarized. So right around that time, some SNL sketch had come out and it was Chris Farley and I think David Spade and they were doing the Lori Davis show. And I think Cher was the co-host and I can't remember if the Lori Davis show was an actual thing, I should have researched this before this podcast, but I don't research before this. I just start talking and this is what is coming to mind. So I'm pretty sure that there was a show called the Lori Davis show and that Lori Davis had share either as a guest or as a co-host. And then SNL did a skit spoofing that show. Um, I, I think that is is how it happened. So me and my buddy Scott Walrath wrote. So it was almost a parody of a parody. So we we wrote our version of the Lori Davis show. Um, but we were pretty much just writing our own spoof of how SNL was spoofing the Lori Davis show. Anyway, and. um and so we just we wrote the sketch and 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 how we would <laughs> how we got around the little caveat to use each vo- vocabulary word twice is um Lori Davis would my my buddy Scott played Lori Davis and I played Cher and I'd just be like hello and welcome to the Lori Davis show and I just did kind of some over the top bastardization of probably David Spade's impersonation of Cher and so Cher would say something and then Lori Davis would repeat it and then I would just confirm. So, oh gosh, like what's a vocabulary word? Let's say lugubrious. I don't know if that was one of the vocabulary words, but that came to mind. So I would say something as Cher. I'd be like, you know, uh, this this new skincare care product, uh, Lori Davis, it has stopped so many um people from feeling lugubrious and then my buddy scott would go like you mean people aren't feeling lugubrious anymore and i would say yes <laughs> so, we, so every vocabulary word but with this skincare product people are feeling so great it's almost like their attitude is on a whole new echelon a whole new echelon yes <laughs> So that's how we cheated the whole, we have to use each word twice. We pretty much just said the word would have Lori Davis repeated, or it might've even been vice versa. Maybe Lori Davis said the thing who my buddy Scott was playing. Uh, This was like 35 years ago, guys. So uh, forgive me that I do not remember the exact particulars of the sketch, 
but I just remember making this sketch with my buddy Scott. And then we had a couple other friends from the class and who we would bring in as guests were teachers. Uh, So it would be students impersonating other teachers. (laughs) And, uh, uh, you know, and then, so we were also lampooning and sort of roasting some of the other teachers at the school <laughs> while we were doing this play. And I'll tell you that that's just been my life is just trying to just trying to make people laugh. But underneath it, it was really survival. It was just. Okay, if I can get people to laugh, then this is how I can survive life. And here I am, 42 years old, still doing the same thing, just trying to make people laugh, still anxious about whether or not what I'm saying is funny or if what I'm saying is over the top or not funny enough or too aggressive or uh, too uh, offensive or not offensive enough or too dishonest or too truthful or uh you know two in somebody's face i mean i'm i'm just my mind is just always in this constant analysis of am i being being funny i was actually on a a date with a woman last week and i it just occurred to me that the whole time i'm just trying to make her laugh and then also being worried that i'm not being funny enough or i'm being too funny or i'm you know being too over the top or not you know, like, oh, that, you know, that, that joke, uh, you know, she might've taken that offensively or that might've been annoying or, you know, and I'm like, just in this constant state of, am I being funny enough and the right type of funny nonstop all the time? It almost never stops. (laughs) You know, they say it takes 10 years to uh, be an overnight success. And technically I started doing stand up almost 10 years ago exactly i think i it it might have been february of 2014 that i took my first stand-up comedy class um i started performing improv in 2008 so that would make it 16 years of like official in the trenches comedy performance to some degree or another before then i had done a couple plays um in high school i did a little bit of a drama department, but not much, not much. I was mostly doing music, but just my day to day, just my day to day since the fourth grade, it's like every day I would show up and try to make people laugh. So if we count that, I've been trying to make people laugh since I've been about eight or nine years old. So it's the old adage, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. For me, it's taken 35 years, 34 years to uh, not quite be an overnight success yet. <laughs> Maybe one more year. So how did I end up on that on that little tangent? I have just been just thinking a lot about about that and about just this journey that I've been on, the people who have come, the people who have gone. Oh, I was talking about advice, people giving me advice. That's how I got off on that tangent. And 
it's like all I've ever tried to do was make people laugh and uh, I'm going to take advice from people who haven't (laughs) spent their whole life trying to make people laugh, I guess. Now that's not to say that there are not people whose uh, advice I, I respect and will listen to, but more and more I'm stepping into a space of, I don't think anybody has this figured out. I don't think anybody knows what they're doing. And anybody who has even had some success, they can't even really figure out what happened. I mean, the best they can do is just say, well, this is what I did. And, but just because somebody does what they did does not actually mean, especially when it comes to the entertainment industry, that they'll have the exact same result. I mean, comedy and acting and art and this I think it's the same with music and musicians and singer songwriters and all of that. It's like, you know, I don't really think there is a defined pathway for success other than just do it all the time. As much as your resources will possibly allow, try to get better and then do everything you can to get yourself put in front of as many people as possible in the hopes that eventually enough people will know who you are to um, generate some sort of sustainable success. And more and more, um, especially recently, I feel that that's where my biggest opportunity for growth um, which also is an exposure of my greatest character flaws and weaknesses is just giving way too many shits about what everybody else is telling me I should or shouldn't be doing. And it's really hard for me. It's really hard for me to like cut all that out and be like, and ignore it and go like, no, I'm going to trust myself my intuition and I'm going to believe in myself and what I have felt that I want to do. Um, and if people have a problem with it or if they want to say one way or the other about it, eh, that's fine. That's fine. And if somebody has a bit of advice that resonates with me and it makes sense, that's fine. Um, if you followed the last couple episodes, you know that I was in Missouri over the weekend. I got booked by a, uh, a internet star, uh, Elizabeth Weikert, who was, was and is just remarkable, and it was an incredible experience. And she is successful at social media, and I'm trying to get successful at social media. And she had some advice. You better believe I effing listened and, you know, paid attention to what she was saying because she's actually done it. And furthermore when I was talking about what I'm trying and how I'm approaching it, she had some feedback and just said, Hey, let me tell you what I did. And, and she even prefaced that. She's like, all I can do is tell you what I did and tell you what I, what I went through to get to this level of success. Take it or leave it. And really her main point was for her success looked like, experimenting 
every day for about two years, which meant almost two years of no success because it took her two years until something finally popped. So she was like, I was trying everything, all kinds of different approaches, different types of videos, posting every single day, every single day, every single day. And then finally, she tried this one thing after two years that kind of came out of the blue. And then that was the thing that popped. And that was the thing that showed her like, oh, this is your lane. And if you stay in this lane, this will give you the most mass appeal. And that was actually, for me, very, very good advice. And something where I looked at, I'm going, yeah, I actually don't think that I'm approaching this correctly. I'm approaching this more as a uh, as a sniper with one bullet. And it's like, I got one shot. And I got to hit the bullseye. Otherwise, the target's going to escape. The deer's going to run away. Whatever analogy you want. And then all is lost. And uh, she's like, no, you need to just pump out shotgun shell after shotgun shell after shotgun shell and just spray as many different targets as you possibly can until you hit something. And then once you hit something, then zero in. And um, that resonated with me. There was She was dropping some truth bombs, and she is in a position to uh, drop some truth bombs because she's done it. So on the one hand, I am less and less interested in taking advice from people who haven't accomplished what it is that I'm looking to accomplish and I'm willing to trust my intuition over all else which is very scary um because it puts all the onus on me I think the I think the propensity to take other people's advice is then it also absolves me of responsibility because if I take somebody else's advice and it doesn't work then I can go "Eh, that didn't work and now it's your fault I'm non-successful but if I do my own thing and it doesn't work, then I got nowhere to point but me. And so that is something that I'm looking at of going, well, why am I so quick to take other people's advice? Is it because I actually believe in their advice or is it just because I don't want to take responsibility for the outcomes and for how my life is has turned out and is turning out and how I want it to turn out? And I... And I'm and I'm sort of uh, outsourcing that responsibility to anybody who is willing to give me a few bits of misguided, unexperienced advice. So that is my opportunity, my opportunity for growth as I am continuing on this path and on this dream journey that I have. And that is what I am trying to figure out and find um, find what it is that will be my thing that will pop and that will appeal to the masses. Um, and who knows? I don't know where it's going to come, and maybe it won't even come from social media. Maybe it'll be something else. But that but that is that is what I am seeking is to find a way to get the exposure in a positive way 
that is needed to be successful in this line of work. Because as I have mentioned on previous podcasts, if you are not a draw, if people are not buying tickets to see you individually, which means you are at the mercy of anybody else who has an audience, and what they are going to do is pay you to come entertain their audience, it's a really low ceiling of success. So onward and upward. My spirits are pretty high. I've had some pretty tough experiences in the last couple of weeks, some uh, hard conversations, severing some ties that were long, that was really hurtful, and having to create space in my life for people who are completely on my team and being on my team doesn't mean, you know, that they're, uh, you know, uh, spending 40 hours a week trying to grow my business or my comedy. It just means that when I interact with them, when I talk to them, it is clear that they don't actually want anything from me other than what is actually best for me. There's no ulterior motives. There's no selfishness. There's no, how can I manipulate, control, gaslight? Like, there, there's none of that. There's just pure energy and pure appreciation and gratitude and joy and synergy and collaboration. And and it's the same in return. Like, this whole weekend with Elizabeth is like, I don't want anything but what's absolutely best for her and however I can provide that. And I felt the same thing in return, that she didn't want anything other than what's best for me. And she treated me with so much love and so much respect, um, so much detail, attention to detail. And, you know, when I suggested, hey, hey, while I'm in town, can we we film a video together? And I'm like, I'll, I'll buy a gold leotard. And she was said, yes. And there was no, oh, well, I don't know if that's best for my brand or, you know, it was just like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And then after I had agreed after she had agreed to that, then I was like, oh, I'd also want her my podcast. And then text her again. And I was like, by the way, not only can we do a video together, but will you also be on my podcast? And it was absolutely, you know, and so I'm kind of feeling like, well, I don't, I don't want to take too much or ask too much. And yet it just wasn't a big deal at all. She was just happy to accommodate. And I was happy to be there and collaborate with her and work together. And then the flip side of that is, is I did everything I possibly could to entertain the hell out of her audience as best as I could. And you want to know what? I effing did. And I had so much fun with that audience. I brought so much energy, so much love, so much craft, interaction, live in the moment, spontaneity, energy, edgy, you know, um, and just taking them on a journey with me. I improvised my entire set. I didn't do one pre-written joke or material and it was so much fun and such a blast and you know those are the experiences that I'm seeking more and more of and the experiences that I feel I am I have been best equipped to um to share and to create not only for myself but for audiences who are so fortunate so fortunate to um to get a chance to see me perform. That felt a little arrogant. I felt it, but I also believe it. So there you go, everybody. I hope that your dreams are going well. 
that uh, these lessons that I'm learning and sharing with you in real time as I am pursuing this dream are beneficial to you as you pursue your own dreams and goals and that you are having good experiences and learning all of these lessons as well and taking them in stride and learn the lessons and then moving forward and continuing on your path and on your dreams. So thank you all so much for listening to the Green Comedy Podcast. February 26th, 2024, episode 89. I love you all so much. I will talk to you tomorrow.